Well, as we celebrate the Bible uh, today, and just go on to that um, first slide, thanks, there we are. So often, uh, the Bible Society in New Zealand did a survey, and they said, what are the things, what are the barriers why people often uh, don't read the Bible more often than they'd like to? And these were the answers they got. Oh, well, I try, but I get distracted onto other things. Those of us who have the Bible on our phones, sometimes, um, you know, other things will pop up and away we go down a, down a rabbit hole somewhere else. Or I'm just too busy. Or it's just not a priority uh, in my day. So those are some of, some of the reasons that people gave. They were being very honest. And then on the next slide too, um, yep, other reasons as to why perhaps they struggle to keep reading the Bible. Oh, well, it gets a bit boring, or it's, it's inaccessible, it's just too hard for me to find my way around, or it lacks relevance to me and my life today. And so I think those are, they are quite challenging things for us to think about and for all of us to think about with the Bible. What's the common factor, though, underlying all three of those struggles, I think we'll see on the next slide, we can see the Bible as being just so much information and perhaps too much information. And we can say, well, it's this great big fat book that we have to read from the front to the back all in one go. And if you've ever tried doing that, um, I know some people when they're brand new Christians think, right, I'm going to work my way through this, and they start at Genesis, and ev inevitably they get stuck somewhere in about Leviticus. Um, and I remember when I was a uni student, I had this book that said the Bible in three years, I thought this is good, uh, and I, I think it took about seven. Uh, but there, there it goes. We can tend to get stuck. We can read the Bible as a book of instructions or teachings about how to lead a good life. And yes, there are lots of instructions and teachings about how to live a good life. But the danger can be that we only engage with our Bible up here, uh, like things we have to learn by rote or file away. And rather, those teachings mean what they mean in the light of the whole of God's story. I love that image we loosed, used with the children's uh, clip there of being God's story. And the Bible is actually far more about transformation. Uh, at Messy Church a few weeks ago, we talked about the Holy Spirit, the transformer. And the Holy Spirit is into transforming our hearts and lives. And we're not just transformed by information, that's part of it, but also we're transformed as we engage with God's truth with our hearts and minds and souls and spirits, every part of us. Here's a, here's a good quote about the Bible story. You are there in the story. Your imagination is kindled. You're involved. You interact with truth on a deep and personal level because you are in the story and now the story is in you. Then it's over and you sit in the embrace of truth. The story is still resonating in the deepest part of you and for a moment you're still because it simply takes some time to come back from that story. And once you emerge from the story, you're never the same again. That's what God's story can do when we engage with it. That certainly should be our experience as we come to God's story, the Bible. And I love that verse down the bottom there uh, from Romans chapter 12. There's lots of new versions of the Bible these days, and this is one I've discovered more recently called the Passion 
uh, and it's a bit uh, like one of these one-person translations, a bit like the message, which is known to many of us too. In the Passion Version, this is Romans 12 too. Be inwardly transformed, there's that word transformed, by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in God's eyes. So as we read the Bible, that's where the Holy Spirit gets to work, speaking to our hearts and applying God's word to our lives, helping us to see how God has always related to human beings through the ages, how Jesus lived among the people of his time and showed us what God's love and care and compassion is like. So in an amazing way, God can speak to us uh, what was written down hundreds of years ago, can still speak to us today as part of God's story and Jesus' story. Now, on your seat, or perhaps you've popped it under your seat now, you should have had a page that looks uh, like this, which talks about God's library. It's also on the next slide there, Hannon. Uh, there we are. God's library. Um, and... We, I thought this might be helpful to us to remind us that the Bible is a library of books and the children have got this one too and they're doing, I think, some colouring. Of, 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 yep, we've got one up there, a model of the different uh, parts of the Bible library because, amazingly enough, in the Bible library there are 66 books, 66 separate books, uh, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New the Old Testament we know on, on one side, the left-hand side there, is the Hebrew Scriptures, how God related to the Jewish people over thousands of years. So it was a library put together over time. And then on the uh, right-hand side, or the bottom shelves on this one, the New Testament, stories of Jesus, God made known to us in the flesh, and the stories of the early church, all written within the first hundred years or so of our Christian era, so from which we measure our dating system today. I think one of the things, as you look at your library chart there, one of the things we find challenging is that um, we have the sort of brain that thinks, wouldn't it be handy if these were all in the order of date? you know, so that we could just know exactly. But that's not how the Bible was put together. The Bible books are actually grouped together by the types of story, the types of literature they are, whether they're history books or prophecy books or poetry books or letters or gospels, whatever sort they were. And if you look at the Old Testament prophets, and those are the ones at the end, uh, the bottom two shelves there, or on, on this one too, they are actually arranged from the longest to the shortest. And the same with the New Testament letters, right from Romans right through uh, to Jude, they're arranged from the longest letter, which is Romans, to the shortest, which is Jude, which doesn't even have chapters. It's only one chapter. And do you know why? That was really important when you were using scrolls, because things were measured by scroll length. So we have to do some other work to find out the dates and all of that. But first of all, have a look at your Old Testament books. 
those first five books are the books of the law, the Torah, as they're still called uh, by Jewish people today. They tell the ancient stories of creation in Genesis that the Hebrew people told to one another, just as our own Maori tell creation stories as well. One thing we need to remember is that the Bible does not set out to be a science textbook. It is not so much telling how things happened so much as why things happened, why God created the world, why God created people, why God wanted to be in relationship with the people of the world, why God sent Jesus into the world. These are questions about the meaning and the purpose of life and love and relationship with God and other people. The rest of the Old Testament, I hope you can see, has got some history books, quite a lot of history books, history of God's people, some wonderful poetry and psalm books, like the Psalms, which was really the hymn book uh, of, the, of God's people, the Song of Songs, which is a beautiful love poem, uh, books of wisdom, like the Proverbs, uh, like we would have the Whakatauki within uh, our Maoridom, and Job, a wonderful book of poetry, books of prophecy by the major prophets, we call them, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and Ezekiel, and then 12 quite short books called the minor prophets. Uh, Joel, are you in there somewhere? You are indeed. Okay, Joel is one of the names of one of the minor prophets, so I hope you can find Joel there uh, on the shelf. Quite a little book, but really important to be there. So those are the Old Testament books. And then we come into the New Testament, which perhaps we know uh, a little better. The four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. I don't know whether you remember the, um, the little rhyme, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, hold the horse while I get on. I've, I've got no idea what it's got to do with the horse, but, <coughs> but there it is. Uh, the, those uh, uh, four Gospels helps us to remember the order the good news of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Then, the Acts of the Apostles, the story of the early church as they're sent out in Jesus' name to share the good news from Jerusalem right through to Rome. Then the epistles, or the letters, written by the early church leaders. Paul has quite a hunk. Uh, Paul, I didn't say he is a hunk, I said he has quite a hunk um, of letters. He's got 13 uh, or so letters. The letter to the Hebrews, and we don't actually know who wrote it. It's anonymous. Uh, but the letter to the Hebrew people. And then seven letters at the end uh, by James, Peter and John. They have those names attributed to them. And then finally, the book of Revelation, that amazing vision granted to John of Jesus' final victory, when earth and heaven merge into one glorious world under Jesus' reign. <coughs> Excuse me. One thing to remember is that through the Bible stories, through learning more about God's story and our own story as the people of God, we learn some key themes to hang on to that God loves the world, that God cares for us, that God promises to be with us and came to be with us in Jesus. If we just pop up the next one, thanks, Hannon, you'll see a little mini book 
um, of the Old Testament. And when we look at the Old Testament, yes, we've got a huge amount of history and stories, uh, but we also learn some key themes. God created, God promised, God commanded, God chose people and leaders to help him. God saved, that's perhaps the strongest message, and God taught uh, through different characters of the Old Testament.